The following is a presentation of Muddy River Sports. Welcome to the 2023 debut of What the Shuck the Podcast. We're back live, not really live, no, live no. but we are we are recording What the Shuck, where anything can be said and anything goes. And how many times will I insult Ron Kinshurf today is the big question. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman and kicking it with me today. Rambling Ron Kinshurf. I don't have a title here, I believe. You have like multiple titles multiple here titles. with the in the Muddy Buddy studio. Yes. You have correspondent, sales executive, Bob just Bob Goff, our our esteemed publisher, just put one up on the board that we cannot say. Right. Well, I guess we could because it could. is what it's the shuck yes, and it's it a podcast. Shuck, yeah. uh, I have a lot of things I could call you. I just don't get blamed for everything that goes wrong. <laughs> no, David's the one that gets blamed well, for David everything. Is? Okay. So that's the way that goes. How are you, sir? I'm good. Happy birthday. It's your birthday week. Yes, it is. 72? Uh, no, 61. Okay. Oh, 61. Oh, yeah, 61. Okay. I know I look 72, but uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a delightful day. Thank you. And good. I have gifts waiting for me at home. My daughter... Uh, Ship me some things that arrived today. So awesome! But she should have because she forgot Christmas. Uh oh! She got home for Christmas and said, "Dad, I didn't get you anything." <laughs> I said, "Well, you are hey, now number two. You're you're. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell her that, and she won't listen to this. She so, listen to so she's always been number two, right? <laughs> it depends on the day. <laughs> it de- okay. Now she thinks okay, she's always been let, number two. Let's be honest here. Zach and, and Abby, your two yes. children, mm-hmm. were one A and one B for the for the longest time. Now they're down here at like whatever number they would be because right. the grandkids trump the grandkids all that. Are, oh gosh, yes, it's not even remotely close. <laughs> and now our uh, my wife and I's uh, status in the family has gone down also because we don't listen to the parents when we're around the grandchildren. So no, you don't have to. No, I mean. That's what grandparents telling, get to do. I was telling a story the other day about uh, my grandson ate all his supper, took a bath, brushed his teeth, and his dad said he couldn't have dessert. It's like, he could brush his teeth another time. So he got the cookie, I got in trouble, he brushed his teeth, and everything was good. <laughs> so, there's different rules. It, there, there's my always house, a, my rules. There you go. Yes. See, that was always the fun. Now, now all my nieces and nephews are, are older and now have their own kids, many oh, of them. Yeah. Um, but that was always the fun of being an uncle mm-hmm. was it was like, okay, let's go do something fun. Oh, and then here, go back to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't believe this until I had grandkids that it is true. They do go home. Yeah. True. And it gets quiet again and yeah, you can watch Dateline reruns or whatever you want to do. There you go. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk some basketball here because yeah. we are middle of basketball season and, and getting ready to kickstart what's going on here in January. We're going to fire it up. But first, did you have an enjoyable holidays? Oh, yeah. How about you? Yeah, it was great. It was exhausting, again, with the grandchildren around. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, that makes it, it fun, doesn't it, it? Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun, and uh, especially when they're crawling around underneath the tree and they're not allowed to open anything yet, and they're yeah. looking for their names on presents. Yeah. But it's a whole new perspective on the holidays where you get to sit back and watch. And this is a conversation we have all the time, is when you're young and have the kids, your life is a mess because you're trying to... <laughs> provide and you're working and you're stressed multiple stress levels can you buy a house can you afford the house now we're in a stage in our life where we don't have those issues so we right. can sit back and laugh at all the things that our kids are going through yeah that we went through so it, it is a completely different perspective but from that aspect yeah how about you is yours good yeah it was good good busy yeah obviously on the road covering basketball and doing family stuff and but our it was good. coverage was unbelievable 
I mean, I Thank think you. I told you guys that, but uh, it was kind of cool getting up and uh, getting them over to sports and just, we're in Beerstown, we're in Bloomington, we're in Collinsville, we're in Macomb. It's just really I think a throwback I, to I, coverage of the scenario. It's really I nice. Think, plus, I've heard a lot from people commenting on the pictures we had, our photography. I think we ended up roughly with eight different posts per day. I, that's Whether it was a story, a photo gallery, mm-hmm. something from, from all the different tournaments. And the contributions we get from the connections you have made throughout, and, yeah. and the rest of the guys, but the connections primarily you have made throughout the area is just, to me, that's one of the impressive things since I joined you guys. Is That's amazing. It's astounding that you can make a phone call and get 30 pictures from a game, and it's just, I just think that separates us from anything else around here. Oh. And, I, I, and I don't think people realize the... It probably looks like we have five times the staff we actually have yeah. that produces what we produce, but it's it was awesome. The um, okay, so obviously you spent a lot of years broadcasting yeah. basketball in the area. Yes, and then you've spent some time coaching. Right. On you know, okay, so this is a different entity for you. Oh, working and, here, working here oh, at Muddy different. River. Yeah. What have you figured? What have you learned, or what has surprised you about area sports that you maybe didn't know going into this? Um. The big one, the first thing that comes to mind is your relationship with the area coaches uh, and players. I didn't realize how close-knit that group was and the amount of trust you had with especially the players where they will come up to you after a game. You don't have to seek them out. They come out to you. And I I think that's a testament to um, you and how you treated the people before them uh, because you've been doing it long enough. So they see how you are with the seniors, and that gets obviously the kids talk, and you, you can trust Chuck. I think that's one thing that pops to my mind. But as far as uh, the rest of the sports world, uh, I can't think of anything that I didn't already know. I mean, I've got unique experiences because I broadcast for 25, 30 years. Right. I refereed for a while, so I got within that realm, uh, and I coached. So uh, I, I have a unique view of, I think, what goes on in a high school gym or a high school yeah. baseball field and stuff like that. So nothing like that has surprised me. More so maybe the how we do things? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, uh, the amount of output we do, or I say you do, is amazing. And then how organized it is and how much of a team effort it is to get the stuff that we produce out on the site. Um like I mentioned during the holidays, it was amazing. And I think the ability to stream games helps out tremendously that we don't have to actually have to have butts in the stands right. to cover games. But but the ability I, I, the ability that you have where, let's say we're not, we can't make a Notre Dame game. You, know, mm-hmm. you can use them because I know them. Um, or a Southeastern game. You can just call the coach mm-hmm. and they'll take your call. Yeah. I, I think that's impressive because you know they're going to treat them right and you're established and, uh, and the stories appear like we're actually at that game. Um, and it, 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 to me, it's like uh, the old days when you just get to post this batch or some of these other papers. We, we don't just – we tell the story of the game and just don't say that Bob Hankins had 12 points and right. Sally had 13 points and – they scored 12 points in the second quarter, and that gave them the lead. I mean, we give a reason why they got the lead. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people who are knowledgeable about the sport, whether it's football, basketball, or whatever, they can follow that story. For those that aren't, they can also follow the story. I, I think that's critical as we, you guys write to a level that hits all 
knowledge levels of that sport. The the interesting part for the, of that for me is the way the the entertainment value and the um, accessibility has changed over time mm-hmm. because when I started in this business, you either had to be in the gym or if you were lucky, you could listen to a game on the radio. Right. When COVID hit and live streaming became a necessity because no fans were allowed in the, in the buildings and has since continued, now it makes it, it's almost like if you don't stream a game, people are going, what's wrong? Right. And it allows us to, and, and I was making the point, when Central Southeastern, we didn't have enough bodies to have someone in the stands covering the Central Southeastern girls play in the championship game of the State Farm Holiday Classic. Mm-hmm. I was in Collinsville to cover the Quincy High boys playing in the championship game of that tournament. Right. I was in the gym doing work. I went out to my truck and sat in my truck for almost two hours and watched their game on the live stream. Right. You know, I couldn't do it. It was so loud in the gym. I couldn't sit in the gym mm-hmm. and do it. So I went outside and did it. But I was able to tweet about it, cover the game, watch the entire game, and then make phone calls afterward. Because of the live stream. Now, do you feel there's more pressure on you, though, to be immediate with the results as opposed to 10, 15 years ago with Twitter and all the other avenues that you use? The the difference is, yeah, there's some immediacy because of social media. Yeah. I don't find that I have to, and I'm not going to worry about, okay, game's over. I got quotes. I got to get my story up online in 15 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Because people aren't necessarily jumping that quick to go read the story. They're going to be on social media looking for an update. So how is your... Sorry. So it allows me time to to work on the story. How has your work changed writing for a piece of paper that actually is delivered versus writing for a website? Do you approach things differently? Not in the sense of what I work on as a story. Other than... I have to think more along lines of what can I do beyond the story. So, like when I when I first started in this business, and, and even up until I before I left the wig, um, your thought was okay. I got to get what I need to write this story. Right now, as time evolved, while I was at the Herald Wig, we started doing blogs. So we would do okay. You would do a story, and then you would do a blog post to go right. with it, and that kind of stuff. But you were but you were always focused on get the story done. So you could get it in the newspaper and meet the newspaper deadline so the newspaper could be printed. Right. We don't have to worry about any of that. We do, I don't have a deadline. Do I want to get it up as, as soon as possible? Sure, because I want people to read it. Right. But if, if I want to go have dinner after a game, I can go have dinner after a game. Yeah. I'm not run, rushing to get back to the office to write my story, to help put out put the, the newspaper section together, right. to get the paper printed, Oh, now it's 1 a.m. We've met the deadline. Oh, I didn't eat dinner. Okay, I'll grab something on my way home, and now you're eating at 2 a.m. So if I want to to go to bed, if I'm exhausted at night, and I've had a long day, and it's 1030, 11, and I'm going, I'm I'm tired, I don't want to write anymore, I can go to bed, set my alarm, get up and finish it in the morning. Now, I, I don't do it as far as... Oh, it's it's a you know a Tuesday night game. I go and cover it. Eh, I don't feel like working tonight. I'm gonna go you know 
watch some TV with my wife or do something and then go to bed mm-hmm. and then worry about it whenever I get up. Now, I'm still very conscious of... You want people to have that story when they get up. Yeah. So I will set my alarm. Okay. So, for example, with all this, the, the stuff we wrote about during the holiday tournaments, there were a couple nights there where I went to sleep at midnight, between midnight and one, set my alarm for between four and five, and got back up, finished everything, made sure everything was online, social media, notes, and you know, and all that, and then went back to bed for a little bit. See, I think what people don't understand, as the editor, as our yeah. sports editor, if I cover something, or David, or whomever, Steve, it goes to you right, for your editing purposes and to make sure everything, so you're actually not only taking care of your stuff, you're taking care of our stuff, right. which actually you know, leads to you being up later and stuff along yeah. those lines, especially the stuff I write because you rewrite it and make me look good. <laughs> um, but yeah, but as far as the design of the story or the number of letters or words and all that type of stuff, is it shorter or longer than what you used to do because it's a website? No. So you're, you're writing basically what you would have put in a paper for our website. Most of the time. Most of the time. Okay. Most of the time. You know, it, and again, it depends on the game, what sort of pieces we're putting together with it. Like, okay, so... I was looking back at some of the stuff we did um, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back and looked at the Quincy High versus Notre Dame boys soccer game, the very first one. Okay. So back on September 1st or 2nd. And we put together a complete package. We had a game story, which highlighted what had happened. We had a highlight video. Mm-hmm. We had a shuck on a truck with Tanner Anderson afterward. And we had a photo gallery. It took some work to get all that done and in place. Now, I went back and read my game story and went, okay, I wrote a, I wrote a pretty standard size game story. Could I have broken that up into, had I been at the newspaper, I would have probably written two stories. Because you and that would have, have been done. The, you wouldn't have had all the other stuff to do necessarily. I wouldn't, well, but I, would, but I didn't have the, the luxury there mm-hmm. like I do now of, Hey, Tanner Anderson, sit on the tailgate of my truck, and let's videotape our interview. But do you enjoy that part of this? Though? I do. I mean, being, I really do. What I enjoy about this is, and I use this term a lot, uh, we have an open canvas, and we're only limited by our own creativity as far yeah. as what we put on the site. And, and we always get on, I mean, half of what we just, the ideas we have don't end up there just because we don't have time. Right. Uh, and we're a small staff, and, that, but we're point. growing. We're growing. And the, the, yeah. the amount we've grown just in the short time we've been live. Yeah. It, to me, is incredible. Well, and, you know, I tell people, you know, as the sales executive or whatever, that we still have our warts. We're still making mistakes. Yeah. That we're, and we always will. But we're going to get there where um, those things aren't going to happen. And I, But I think it, what's cool is, you know, the uh, the experimentation, to, it's, it, to a degree of experimentation, like the shock on the truck and, and some of these different things that we're trying. Yeah. And I also like that we don't take ourselves too seriously where – we have a Try podcast it. named What the Shuck. But you know, you, so we're obviously not taking ourselves you, too my, seriously sometimes. My, my, that's what my point is, yeah. though, that we can have fun with what we're doing. Of course. And, uh, and I, I think that's important that people see us, that we're normal, regular people just like they are. And hopefully they come up and approach us and tell us what they like, what they don't like when they see us out in the community. And if they were ever sitting in our Muddy Buddy studio in our offices, they yes. would see how normal we are or abnormal we are when we yes. and that was a treat each other like brothers. And that was one of the first shocks I had when I 
you know that. You were here for that. <laughs> <laughs> the first business, quote unquote, business meeting that we had here. It's that, relaxed. It's very relaxed, yeah, and, and it's enjoyable. I'm having a blast. I, I told people it's probably the happiest I've been in my professional life, but I'm, I got the book stuff I'm doing too, but right. it's just the relaxed atmosphere. And I mean, we're held accountable here, obviously, but I think a lot of it is we, help, we hold ourselves accountable too. And we hold each other accountable. And we, yeah, and uh, we, want, we want to put out the best product possible to, to entertain our readers, listeners, viewers, and want them to come back and trust us and, and know that there's credibility in what we do. And if none of us, honestly, my job is a lot harder. My primary job is a lot harder. If you guys don't do fulfill the level of commitment and excellence that you guys have, you know, and that's same. Same for me. If I don't do my job, you're not going to have the advantage or right. the ability to do a lot of the stuff that you guys do. So it, 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 it's kind of a fun, it's a unique atmosphere to work in. And how it's like a spider web. We're all connected in, you know, by the web in a variety of different ways. With all that in mind, yeah. you're going to be going out to some games throughout yeah. the rest of the, the season. Yep. Um, what are you looking forward to? Is is there a team out there that you haven't seen that you'd like to see? Is there, is there a, a team you're anxious to see how they – transform or, or how they improve or I'd like to see the Hawks play. I haven't seen uh, Hawkins and the Hawks yet. I would like to see that and just, I, I respect him as a coach and I, I, I just want to see how he implements things. Um, it, it's not so much whether the wins or losses, it's just how the team plays. Um, I, I want to see Southeastern and you know, with Danny playing and how the rest of that cast performs around him because he had you know, quite a good cast with him last year. Um, Obviously, I'm tied to Notre Dame. I know all those kids. I want to see how they progress as the season goes on because I don't think they've reached their level of chemistry that those guys can have. Um, John Wood has really intrigued me. Yeah. Um, with the local angle, I, I really hope people are getting out there to support them. I'll see them tonight. But uh, I love how they play um, for a variety of reasons. I love the effort they put on defense and the effort expected of them defensively. I love how they get into their transition and get into their their base offense out of transition. Um, I, it, there is a method to the madness with Coach Hoyt that I really enjoy watching. Um, <laughs> there's some madness there, too. People, and there's, there's a lot of madness <laughs> if you watch him. And I love watching him before a game because he doesn't associate a whole lot with his kids prior to the game. Uh, and, and he's off by himself, and it's just I always wonder what's going through. And he, he broadcasts with me for years, right? So I know him really well, and just what goes through his mind um, prior to a game. I, I just I'm not sure any of us want to know what goes through I that do, mind. Though. I do because I, I just find that I just find that aspect of basketball. Basketball to me is like a dance. Okay, I, that's why I love it so much. It, it there's unlimited creativity to a basketball game, and in order for you to be successful, all five have to dance together, and there's multiple ways to dance. You know, there's multiple ways to be successful. And I've kind of – I don't like the way the dance is going a lot anymore, even at the elite collegiate level. Um, and what's also interesting to me with basketball is the popular dance changes. It, 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 there's a different method now that's being used and was being used, especially yeah. defensively, than 10 years ago. Um, I remember watching Bruce Weber. He came to Quincy when uh, Coach Bell was there. And how nobody used the pick and roll ever because Bobby Knight said it's it doesn't work. Now everybody uses the pick and roll. <laughs> the reason Bobby Knight said it didn't work, it's one of the hardest things to guard. Yeah. Um, 
just things like that. Now everything is based off a pick and roll or a handoff or a, or a dribble at and, um, you know, uh, ghost screens, things like that. I, I just find that, you know, that, that to be the amazing aspect of basketball. That, and that's me. Um, okay, so I, I, I got to interrupt since you've got you're, yeah. you sent my mind in a different direction. Sorry. No, that's okay. Were you a disco guy? <laughs> no. I, I was raised during uh, that era, the forum was available to us during our dating years, but uh, I was not a disco guy. I, I my, <laughs> the heck did we get here? Um, well, you talked about dancing, and I you got you dancing. got me thinking about uh, no, but in, in relation to basketball, for God's sake. Uh, yeah, I know. No, but, you, no, but I like all kinds of music. I can't okay. other than country. I do not like country music because it's the same song over and over again. About and I could write a country song in fifteen. No, minutes. it's not. It is. It's about kicking your dog and scratching a car. And getting drunk and so you're not a fan of the Texas two step? No, 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 no. Or, or the lion dances. I think that it's like to be euchre. It's just okay. <laughs> let's just do the exact same thing over and over again and call it a dance or a card game. But no, I, there are some d- disco tunes that I do enjoy. But overall, okay. I, I was not a guy who would go to the forum and dance dance the night away. You you didn't have your. Bell bottoms on and no, your tie dyed no, 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 shirt. No, no, no. The Kinsher name is synonymous with horrible dancing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Greek for it's I can't Greek, dance. It's Greek for I can't dance. And um, <laughs> if you've seen anybody with the Kinsher last name in this area, including the ones in Pleasant Hill, there there is no <laughs> talent for dancing. None, okay, absolutely. Except if you married into the family, there may be some. But outside of that, were you, I mean, you're no disco guy. I'm assuming. Oh God, no! You're, you're uh, oh no, no, no! You were after that. I, I don't think you made it through the disco. Game. No, no, I am a '80s hair bands, hard rock. I like it all. I mean, I right now, if I listen to music, it's generally uh, adult contemporary, but not like so. The interesting. So my background when I was at WTAD, yeah. I was playing Barry Manilow, Johnny Mathis. And so I have a fondness for all that type of stuff too. I mean, we were as soft as you can soft can be. And, you, you are know, pretty soft, uh, Captain and Tennille, um, Barbara Streisand, all that type of stuff. So, and my mom listened to show uh, Broadway music a lot as I was growing up. So I, I have an affinity for the musicals and stuff like that too. I, I, I'm very well rounded. Do you have a favorite musical? I would say Hamilton right now. I've seen it a couple of times, and it blows my mind away what Lin Manuel Miranda was able to do. And right, um, it's like I think Eminem is unbelievable as far as his his music, but uh, I would say, see, I would have to go Music Man or Phantom that, of the Opera. That Phantom, of the, I never got into Phantom of the Opera, and there's <laughs> there's a reason for that I don't want to get into. Um, but the um, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera, I saw at the Fox, and I don't know what it's called, but I couldn't wait for the guy to die. It's like, <laughs> once he's dead, the musical's over. Yeah. And I was just sitting there with my wife, going, will he ever die? Will this song ever end? Because <laughs> I think the Phantom ends up dying. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I enjoy Dear Evan Hansen, which is a new one. I, we saw we have tickets to the Fox, Broadway okay. series to the Fox, so we've seen uh, quite a few musicals. Uh, Filler on the Roof is awesome. Little known fact, mm-hmm. in the, especially in our sports realm here, that I worked um, – the musicals at Quincy High School. When okay. I was in high school, I was yeah. I helped run the lighting. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. So, spent a lot of time in uh, A building, which is you know Quincy High School. The way it's set up is, at least when I was there, is each of the parts 
had a letter. So the main the main part was B building. A building was where the theater and music part was. The gym was C building. So we just you know you'd say you know you spent time in A building. So this leads me to this question. Yes. When did you know you wanted to write? Um, and why I started working? Got you interested? I started working on the student newspaper as a ninth grader. Right. Uh, back then, um, ninth grade was at um, Quincy Junior High. Mm-hmm. So I had gone to St. Mary's Grade School through eighth grade, um, and then went to junior high right. for ninth grade, and then um, I got hired part time at the Herald Wig. Beginning time? of my junior year of high school, I was fifteen. I had to get a work permit so I could work before I turned 16. I turned 16, October of that year. But did you know at that time that's what you wanted yes. to get into? Yep. Okay. When so, I got hired at the Herald League at 15, I knew I was going to become a sports writer. Okay. Was there a... I grew up reading Chuck Brady, the Chuck's clipboard, yeah. and Don Krim. Okay. The And that was back in the days where Don Krim's column logo had the Wolfman Jack look. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but but I and I was one of those guys that every day when the paper arrived, I was looking at all the box scores on the agate page. Did you write stories at home though, like fake stories? No. Okay. I wasn't. I was not Chuck Mann, good friend of ours. Chuck Mann used to take his. If if I remember the story correctly, he would take basketball cards. So he had collected some basketball cards, like he did baseball cards. They made done with baseball cards. And he would and he would create scenarios and and basically call them, yep. Um, or he'd have a game on TV and turn the sound down and call it as he was growing up, and it ended up leading to go him becoming a broadcaster. Yeah, I, and I did stuff like that too, except I wouldn't use cards. I would just do it in my head. Yeah, like players from the Mark Hyman tournament. Okay, and and I would just imagine the game, and I would I would do stuff like that. I don't know if I recorded it or not, but um, yeah, that, that was always going on. My, out of my head, so yeah, yeah it's so. just interesting how people. I've always, I'm always curious, like when I go out on sales calls and stuff, how how people get interested in what they end up doing, um, particularly a business where they make something unique. In, yeah, it's like okay, upstairs, quizzy recycle. How in the world would you get started in doing something in, in like deciding that? I want to create a job where I recycle things? Yeah, and going to your mom and dad and saying, "Hey, I want to start a company that builds." Something. Yeah. Like, seriously? I mean, it's it's, it's it, inspiration. inspiration. And it's also a true belief in yourself that you're going to be able to follow through and actually be successful in doing that. And um, I just find that, you know, the, the I love our business spotlight because that is what we do is we talk to these. Well, it goes back to customers. you. You have to have inspiration. You have to have belief in yourself. And you have to have people around you that believe in you. And so I'm the youngest of six. Mm-hmm. All of my older brothers and sisters went to college or got a job or whatever in Quincy. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, they, they went to Quincy College. It was Quincy College back in that day. None of them, none of the first five went away to school. But when it came time for me, when I graduated from Quincy High School, it was like, what am I going to do? And had enough people say, you need to go to the University of Missouri School of Journalism if right. that's what you're going to do. I was the first one of our family to leave town to go to school. But when you got your degree, you got out of J school. Yep. Was your goal to work for the Post Dispatch or the Kansas City Star or something like that? It it was, and it changed. Why though? Okay, for a variety of reasons. Okay. okay, so quick quick little background. 
I got hired at the Columbia Daily Tribune while I was still in school. Right. I, I had worked part-time there. They had an opening. I had a semester left of school of just general ed stuff mm-hmm. to finish up. They went ahead and hired me full-time, knowing I was going to graduate that December. So I so that that's what happened, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I was I covered one year of high schools. I was the, I was the preps the lead preps guy for the Columbia Daily Tribune. That spring, I was promoted to the Mizzou basketball beat. Okay, spent a couple of years doing that. Three years, I believe, is what it was. Ended up on that beat. I took a job with for for financial reasons because they made me a great offer as the editor of what was called Inside Mizzou Sports Magazine, strictly covering Mizzou sports. Nothing else. I worked out of my apartment in Columbia. Uh, the company was based in Kansas City. They treated me well, mm-hmm. but I hated it. Okay. Absolutely hated it. Hated hated not having a deadline at the time. Because um, it wasn't like this. Like, we're doing stuff every day here. Mm-hmm. Even though we technically don't have a true deadline, you, you know, you got to meet a midnight deadline or whatever here. You still have a deadline because you got to get it online. You got to get it up. You're not You're not sitting on a story for six, seven days. Something like that. That's what was happening when I was at the magazine is you'd cover a football game on a Saturday. You'd do get the magazine done by Monday so then they could get it printed and sent out. And then you wouldn't produce another magazine for another week. And when football season ended, it was two weeks because oh, wow. of the, okay. way they had that, the way they had it set up. Mm-hmm. It was mind-numbing. Like, it was like you'd go to, I'd go to a Mizzou basketball game and come home and go, oh, I don't have to write anything for a week. There was because there was no internet. There was no mm-hmm. nothing like that. So it wasn't like I was posting to a site while to give people updates. There was no social media. So you after that experience, were you actively looking then? No, I was not. Okay. Um, I just so happened that things worked out, and uh, an opening was at the Quincy Herald Wig, mm-hmm. and some conversations led to a job offer. And the funny part was, I was under contract with the magazine. So my first four, five months at the Herald Wig, I did both jobs. So till I could get out of contract, right? With, with the but, idea but it was that easy to do both because you didn't have a deadline for the magazines. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's just easy. But I was living in Quincy, trying to cover things in Columbia. Right. So that was difficult. Yeah. It was, but but we made it work, and for those few months. Well, why did you stay in Quincy though? Family. Okay, that's what I was looking at. So. Uh, but prior to that, I have turned I, I, to give you to to be in in full disclosure. I've turned down job offers from other other newspapers and stuff. Newspapers. Like that. Okay, I, that's what I was getting at, and, and I didn't know if you had grandiose like I did. Obviously, we all did, we all did. Coming, every kid that comes out of especially out of a school like, like Mizzou, Mizzou yeah. has grandiose ideas. Mm-hmm. Or at some point in your your time, you think, oh, I'm going to go write for Sports Illustrated, or I'm going to go write for. Washington Post, or you know, everybody has it, mm-hmm. but not everybody goes and does it. Not everybody, not everybody's talented enough to do it, and not everybody finds that that's what they want once they get into the business. Out of the guys that I graduated from the school of journalism with, or the guys I spent time with at the school of journalism, I believe there are only two of us still in. Media. Oh, really? In, in sports journalism. Well, that doesn't surprise me because the numbers of people who actually continue to work in their field after they graduate is very small. Right. Um, so I would say I'm, there was a, a prime example. Of I, I would say there was a group of probably ten or twelve of us that graduated over a course of you know a course right. of several semesters, but spent a lot of time working together. Mm-hmm. 
um, at the Columbia Missourian and, and in J school classes and stuff. And I truly, and, and, and as I think of it and I think of the names and, and guys I'm still in touch with, there are only two of us out of that entire group that are still in sports journalism. And I think what a lot of people, and there is really choosing the fields that we chose. I, I'm a radio and TV guy. It is very difficult to make enough money <laughs> to support a family yeah. and to do certain things. It's not the most lucrative job. No, and I and uh, that's primary reason I got out of it when I did. Well, there's you know some secondary, tertiary reasons, right. but I couldn't buy a house, um, so I got into the sales side of world, the world, and all that. But um, I, I think that you know, would you? Okay, if somebody, if a kid came up to you and say, "Hey, I want to get into journalism," would you? Less would you say go forward? Yes. You say, okay. But you got to love it. You got to love it and you got to live it. It's not a, to me, what we do here, what I've done for the last almost 30 years now, mm-hmm. um, is not a job. It's a life. Do you remember the first story you wrote, what it was? At the, let's say the Herald Wig. I remember the first game I covered. At the Wig? Yes. Okay. Um. I went and I, well, I, the first game I covered was a, a Quincy Notre Dame baseball game because Don Kram they, they knew it was the coaches would help me through it. Mm-hmm, they they, yeah. they could send me out there. The first football game I covered, and I'll be honest, it was it was like holy, it was one of those eye opening moments. I had gone to Pittsfield. It was Pittsfield versus Louisiana. Pittsfield won. Mm-hmm. Did did exactly what I was instructed to do. Here's how you cover a game. Mm-hmm. Here's who you need to go talk to afterward. And I go to the Louisiana locker room, and the coach was very upset. And I could hear what was going on inside the locker room, and I'm outside going, oh, this is not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And couldn't have been nicer to me afterward. Mm-hmm. You know, he came out of the locker room, and 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 to this day I still talk to him. And, um. But it was like, oh, what am I? What am I in for? And you figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. You know how to how to do this job, and you you learn and and you go. You know. Have your priorities changed in terms of what you expect out of coaches? And do you? No, because here, impo- because actually, here's well, here, hold on, hold on, and the importance of the game itself. It, my my point is when you wrote those first stories when you first started your career. Was it like a big moment for you as opposed, and maybe now it's like I'm just covering another game and what I put in, it, and it's just a game. No, because it's never just a game, and it's never because it's about people. Okay. okay. And, and and if you follow the stuff I, I, I try to write and try to do, and, and if you see what I try to do after a game, I you got to talk to the coach because it's kind of – Part of the deal mm-hmm. is you got to get perspective from the coach, but I would much rather talk to the players. I'd much rather get their perspective. Um, they're the ones playing the game. They're the ones. so I I I enjoy that more. Um, trying to do that, trying to showcase what they can, and trying to showcase and and something that happened, something that went on that the person sitting in the stands didn't realize. Because the person sitting in the stands that's going to read our story the next day or that later that night or whatever knows what happened. Yeah. They know who won. They know who, you know, there's a scoreboard up there. They're, they're probably going to know who scored the most points. 
those type of things. Yeah, it's, it's what what can I give them that they didn't see that they didn't know? And it's interesting because it parallels a lot what I went through broadcasting because mm-hmm. I would get the question, how can you do a game when whoever wins by thirty or gets beat by thirty five? And and I always use the attitude that somebody's grandma is always listening. Yeah. And that twelfth, thirteenth, fifteenth player that gets into the game, that basket is just important yep. for that kid than it is for the kid who scores scored a thousand points in his career. So that's how I would always approach and get through those blowouts. Yeah. And again, and again, it's it's important. Yeah, like you said, it's there's somebody out there listening. Yeah. In your case, reading. And then, it's I mean, and it's about the kids. Yeah, it is. Primarily, it's about the kids. Yeah. So, so before we wrap up. Yeah. Since it is birthday week for for Ron Kinsher, <laughs> yes. Do you have a favorite birthday memory? Like, do you have a a, oh, a gift you got at some point um, in time or something like that that sticks out? Yeah, and I can't remember if it's my birthday or Christmas, but um, one year my wife and I was a big football Cardinal fan when they were in St. Louis, and one year my wife found a an authentic Cardinal football jersey. Oh she wow! Was shopping with her friends in St. Louis, and it was number twenty eight. And it was pristine. And so she gives it to me. And I'm looking at it. I go, I haven't, and I followed them. I, go, I have no idea who number 28 is. So I looked it up. I couldn't find a 28. Really? But the uniform was pristine. The guy never played because <laughs> she goes, Well, I got that one because it was in the best shape. You know, there's number uh, 67 that was torn up. I go, That's Larry Stallings or, you know, <laughs> and, or whatever. And, you know, like, or Jim Otis. He could have got, well, those are all torn up. And so. That's one where she put a lot of thought into the Very nice. and gave me the Cardinal football jersey. I might even still have it, but uh, unfit. But that that one stands out in my mind because she went. That's cool. She went went through this big box of old football jerseys from the Cardinals, but she picked out the one that was in the best shape and it might have been Victor Heflin. I don't even know who it was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that would be a memory of a gift uh, cool. from her. That and there's one more. Is uh, my dad passed away when I was very young, and uh, I had a. And he was an artist, and I uh, there was a watercolor painting he did, and I kind of remember him doing it while I was me and the other family members were drawing with watercolor mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. She got that frame for me. Oh, cool! And it takes in the house. So that's another one. That's but, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I remember my mom would bake cakes for each one of us right. for our birthday, and one year she got a cake mold in the shape of a football helmet. Oh, cool! And made it into a, and then got the the. The coloring and everything okay. for the you know the icing and stuff, and made a Dallas Cowboys helmet. Oh, which well, was awesome. Some of my favorite memories are watching the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Did that ever happen? Oh, God, yes. I don't and think I, that. I, I really I, don't oh, think yes, that ever happened. Oh yes, Dude, Neil Lomax and then Jim Hart and Mel Gray and those guys. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, how many how many rings did the Cardinals ever win? They never won a ring, but that's not important. Super it's, Bowl titles. It's just that when you don't win a lot, those games meant so much, and. Um, I, yeah, I just I remember I remember some of those games, and the, Car- the Cardinals would always want the Cowboys to wear their uh, blues because they always felt the Cardinals the Cowboys didn't play as well in their blues as they did their whites, and yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna start weeping. blues or whites still always beat the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, sometimes, yeah, most of the time. But yeah, exactly. There's, there's some delightful <laughs> times. So. Well, thanks for joining me. Yeah, do it again. That was fun. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll do it again because uh, you never know what'll come up. We, obviously, you never know where the conversation will go. Oh, that's and that's the beauty of What the Shuck the, the Shuck, Podcast. Yeah. Right. Join us again next time for What the Shuck. Muddy River Sports. Our home, our sports.